Good morning, everyone. For those of you I haven't met, my name is Joanne Kingsnorth and I am one of the directors at Seymour Taylor. And in my role, I head up our outsourced accounting services team and our automation and technology function. The subject of today's webinar is to discuss how outsourcing can assist businesses, particularly within the finance function, and enable business owners and leaders to wear less hats in their business world, hence the title, The Many Hats of Your Business Finance Function. We'll also spend some time towards the end of the presentation, taking a brief look at the roadmap for the UK Tax Office's Making Tax Digital Initiative, of which elements are already up and running and further developments are not far around the corner. So let's make a start. How many hats are you wearing today? Whether you chose to or fell into setting up your business, you did it because you're good at it. You enjoy it, you can see a future from it, and it's what you want to do. But in reality, whether you own the business yourself or you're running or leading the business on behalf of shareholders, often you'll get involved in all sorts of areas and leaving less and less time for you to do what you do best, which is the core function of your business and driving it forward to be successful. When we talk about business hats, there are just simply loads of them, many more than I've listed here on this slide today. But just to give you a few examples, today you might be wearing your cash control hat. You might be thinking, is there enough money in the bank account today to pay my suppliers, to pay my employees, to even pay yourself? Are you wearing your financial control hat? Will there be enough money in three months or six months? Are you making a profit? What will your tax bill be? And have you thought about budgets or forecasts? Are you wearing your bookkeeping hat? Your VAT return might be due. You might be thinking, I need to get it ready on time. I need to get zero up to date. Everything needs to be ready. You could be wearing your credit control hat. You could be chasing debts, talking to overdue customers. You might be issuing statements and reminders. You might also wear a cost hat at various points. You need to ensure you don't overspend. Every business needs to ensure that. And you need to think about getting the best deal or setting up new suppliers and sorting out new deals. Or you might wear a recruitment hat today. You might need skilled staff to deliver your product or service. Or you might simply need additional support to aid your growing business. And then there might be a sales and marketing hat. You might be busy drumming up new business, building awareness of your brands, talking to new customers and agreeing deals. So again, ask yourself, how many hats are you wearing today? How many hats did you wear yesterday? I'm probably telling you nothing new here, nothing you haven't heard before, but we should acknowledge that wearing lots of different hats all day, every day is really, really hard work. And it often means tasks take longer to complete and are just not the best use of your time. One way to wear less hats is to consider outsourcing, to allow someone else or an entire team to wear that hat on your behalf. But why do businesses outsource their finance functions when there are many able people out there that can complete the work in-house? When considering the outsourcing of a function, it might help to consider the thought of, thoughts of others in the same situations. So we've looked at this survey. It was run a couple of years ago now by Sutherland, but remains relevant to today's conversation. And in the survey, they asked business leaders and owners what they felt was the key issue facing the finance function. You'll see from the screen, 39% felt that the need for better business controls was the most important issue that they faced. Controls are needed to ensure that business finances are in and remain in a good place and that business owners have a better handle on everything that's going on. 32% of the respondents felt that providing support to business decision makers was the most important issue. They felt that having the knowledgeable support, knowledgeable support by either individuals or a team who were on tap to ask questions of and to get the necessary answers from was key to their business. 23%, almost a quarter, leant towards reducing the cost either of the business overall or of the finance function itself. 
This could have been by streamlining the finance team to a more fluid and on-demand usage, or simply it may be that no holiday pay or sick pay was incurred, or that suppliers and overheads were regularly reviewed to ensure the best deals are in place and no unnecessary wastage of money on costs that are not needed. And at the bottom, you'll see that 6% felt the most important issue facing them was that of recruiting and retaining key staff within the finance function. And we can identify with that in our business in Seymour Taylor. In today's world, good experienced finance staff are in hot demand. This often means they're tricky to get hold of against stiff competition. And even once they're recruited, the retention of them remains a challenge with the ongoing competition in the marketplace and the cost of the ongoing training required. In the same survey, businesses were also asked what they felt was the greatest challenge or barrier to outsourcing their finance function. Over half, 51% admitted the greatest challenge for them was the fear of losing control. Absolutely understandable and something we come across a lot when talking to our existing clients and prospective new clients regarding outsourcing. People often feel that no one knows their business better than them and outsourcing would mean they lose this level of knowledge and therefore lose control. 26% of the respondents were worried about the costs of outsourcing on the basis that they see it as vitally important to achieve a return on the investment, a return on the costs that justifies the perceived risks of the transition and the additional time spent on making the transition. 23% of the respondents to the survey felt the most significant challenge for outsourcing the finance function is in finding a provider you trust. It's not an easy decision to trust an external party with perhaps what you feel is one of the most important functions within your business. And it's not just about cost, it's about the people involved too. Often parties need to trust in the person as well as to be able to afford the service. Well, actually not often, probably always. From an outsourcing perspective, you need to feel you can call and connect whenever you wish to and know that your outsourcing provider understands you, that they've got your interests at heart and that they follow your organisational values and understand your ultimate goals to ensure they are working with you in the way you want them to. Trust in your provider is actually vitally important. Interestingly, you'll see from the slide, nobody said that managing the HR impact on existing staff was the greatest challenge. This could be in terms of managing employees who believe that the work sent to the outsourcing provider has been in some way stolen from them. Or it could also be because sometimes, not always, but sometimes leaning towards outsourcing can mean the redundancy of existing staff as costs are reduced. Inevitably, this may cause issues both in terms of time dealing with redundancies as well as the costs involved of doing so. However, in both situations, it seems from this survey that nobody saw this as a huge challenge to the overall decision of outsourcing or not. So I thought it'd be useful here to add in some context and some views from what we've seen in our discussions with clients at Seymour Taylor who either outsource with us today or have previously done so. Our discussions with them have shown the reasons they made the decision to outsource is number one, to reduce costs. Due to the flexible nature of outsourcing, it can be cheaper to use outsourcing, whether this is saving costs day to day or on the recruitment costs. Not all of these costs are monetary, as they also take into account the time costs incurred prior to outsourcing that were consequently saved and the opportunity cost of lost business while dealing with the issues which were subsequently passed over and outsourced. Second reason is to reduce mistakes. Human error is always an issue in any industry and it's absolutely no difference in finance and accountancy. However, with outsourcing, this could be mitigated by being able to access higher skilled staff for the budget you have. And with the higher skill level should come less mistakes. Or it might be that part of the outsourcing role is to oversee the inputs of the existing employees in the finance team. This oversight should include reviews of their work and correction of any errors, meaning that by the time you see the output, there are less mistakes perceived as by then, 
Hopefully they've been corrected by the outsourcing team and have therefore saved your time in dealing with them. The reduction of employment liability was seen as another factor. No holidays or sick days to pay for. Within outsourcing providers, there'll usually be a team of people trained to deal with your organization's work. Consequently, when one member of the team is on holiday or is ill, the others can pick up the work, seamlessly behind the scenes and at no cost to you whatsoever, with the added bonus of no HR management time needed in either situation. Another reason is to enable directors to make better use of their time to focus on the business, which as mentioned before, enables them to spend their time focusing on what they set their business up for and continuing with the overall strategy and vision rather than the administration of the numbers. The next reason is for peace of mind and to no longer worry about the compliance required. The business owner or the board can just rest easy that someone else is keeping their eye on the deadlines, which could be the VAT return or making monthly POE payments, submitting the overdraft information to the bank or dealing with the year-end accounts. Peace of mind is really important in today's world where we increasingly focus on keeping our eye on stress levels and mental well-being. And this is just as important for business owners and leaders as it is for the employees of the business. And better business decisions. We all know that the less we're on the coalface, the less involved we are, this often means that we can look down at everything from a more top line point of view. And that makes us able to make better formed rational decisions to help the business survive and thrive. So let's talk about the role of an outsourced finance director. A finance director, outsourced or not, is responsible for the overall financial health of a business and therefore brings financial leadership to a business. They should always understand the mindset of the owner or the board and give their support to ensure there is a solid foundation for the business to grow, asking questions around long-term goals such as exit planning, as well as shorter-term goals around profitability and sales too. The finance director will provide strategic and financial guidance along with sound financial management and control. And this means that what you want to happen in your business actually can and does happen with less obstacles encountered for the financial aspects. And most importantly, a key role for any finance director, outsourced or not, is to be able to present and explain the financials of a business in a way that is easy for non-accountants to digest, to ensure that everyone understands the numbers and where the business currently stands from a financial point of view. It's important that any FD can get a message across in language understood by all. Not always an easy skill to master, as we all know that unfortunately us accountants, we love a bit of jargon. To put this into context, I'll give you a couple of examples of clients for whom we are their outsourcing solution. One is a client that I currently act for. They're in manufacturing and the business itself is profitable. It does well. The business started many years ago by dad, who last year announced he wished to retire and therefore passed the reins on to son, who is very able to continue and run the business, but doesn't have as much finance experience and has no desire whatsoever to be involved in the financial side of the business. The finance team supporting consists of two very able bookkeepers at the company, one of whom is more senior than the other, and they're able to keep control of the inputting payment and submissions very competently. Where the business lacks is not in the regular activity of keeping on top of filings and payments, but on the oversight, on things like cash flow forecasting and budgeting, on looking at where the money is being spent in the right place. And this is where we come in and where we assist in the outsourced finance director role. When we commenced the assignment, we identified very quickly that the bookkeeper would often pay supplier invoices early and not actually take advantage of the 30 days credit that she could. Great PR for the company and means they're always on amazing terms with their suppliers. But actually, the problem is this means that often at the end of the month, there's a short term cash flow issue and salaries then need to be paid, 
which means the directors have to inject their own personal cash into the business to meet their obligations, all of which was avoidable with some simple cash management, which we quickly put into place. The business also let us know that they were needing to look for finance for expansion, but recently they'd been unsuccessful in their application prior to our involvement due to the cash flow that they had provided being just too basic and too short term. So we worked with them and provided cash flow projections based on, our ex on their expectations over a period of six to 12 months and using our knowledge of what the finance providers will be looking for, putting the right case across and speaking to the providers in their own terms. Our connections at various banks and loan brokers have also assisted to get the necessary finance on favourable terms. I also attend board meetings as appropriate at the business and I report on the current financial situation and discuss recommendations and improvements on an ongoing basis. All of this without too much input from the new director who's able to do what he much prefers, talking to customers and running the operations without any worry at all about the finances. Another example of more general outsourcing this time is in relation to a client that we've been working with for over two years now, supporting them with elements of their bookkeeping function as they don't want to recruit anyone else to fulfill what they see as a part-time role. The financial accountant within the business also needed some help with freeing up his time and didn't want to take the role on as the company was in a period of restructure and in order to assist him in his need to be available for the directors, we took on some of the day-to-day -day accounting for the company, which included all purchase ledger accounting and payment runs. One of the advantages they've commented on to us many times is they love the fact that Seymour Taylor team are always available five days a week, every week, at a cost that is reasonable to the business, and they were always able to provide the right answers. A direct quote from Jack, the finance manager, is as follows. The Seymour Taylor team have spotted certain areas that I would not have necessarily noticed, which have saved us time and money. They're very good at questioning things, which means we don't have to get heavily involved as they manage the process for us. This client is currently looking at outsourcing more things with us as we go through the year, as they're so impressed. So I wanted to spend a bit of time just considering the advantages for the day-to-day -day running of the business, having an outsourced finance director in place. So firstly, and most obviously, there's the statutory duties, ensuring the timely submission and accuracy of VAT returns, of corporation tax returns, of annual financial statements, as well as potentially liaising with the auditors. But secondly, an FD will manage all aspects of a business's financials, not just in the accounting systems, but throughout all procedures that feed into the accounts. This might include setting up effective systems or undertaking a full finance function review to ascertain if there are better, more effective ways more effective ways of doing things. Finance director should also guide the finance team and facilitate day-to-day -day operations where necessary. And a good FD will ensure there are sound financial controls in place which protect the business. This might be protection from fraud or controls that prevent theft and wastage, or it might be protection from financial penalties, protection from uncollected revenue or overpayment to suppliers, or simply protection from wasted time encountered by duplication of efforts by multiple team members. Thirdly, an FD will ensure the business and those leading it have the information they need. It may seem obvious to say this, but this should be timely. It should be accurate, dependable and appropriate information, all that the business requires to make informed decision making. This information might come in the form of regular management accounts with or without narrative on key performance indicators, or it might be other required management information, such as cash flow forecasts or profit and loss accounts, or it could be ongoing business advice, dividend planning, budgeting, forecasting, identifying cost and tax saving opportunities. 
a finance director might also assist with decisions regarding the correct timing for the business to raise finance, which form of finance to take, decisions on when to invest in plant and machinery, and the timing of this again. The list is endless. But lastly, and most importantly, cash is king. And having good credit control, ensuring profitability is maintained and forecasting the cash flow is essential to the business's survival. So a finance director undertakes the cash flow management of the business, along with working capital management, so that informed decisions can be made about necessary funding. And this has been particularly important over the last 12 to 18 months with the bounce back loan schemes, furloughing, C-bills and recovery loan schemes all in place, which have all needed to be considered by finance directors. A huge benefit of outsourcing this function is that the input is scalable as desired. It can be easily and quickly increased or decreased depending on the needs of the business and the agreement you reach with your outsourcing provider. It may be appropriate for your outsourced FD to only do three or four of the processes I've mentioned just now, or it may be that all are required. Or maybe your requirement for an FD is actually only short term for now, maybe just for two or three days on a project to review existing accounts, processes and systems to produce a report on their weaknesses and areas needing attention and put things in context for the business to consider and move forwards with their existing resources. An outsourced FD service provision must be fluid, flexible and open to change. No two businesses are the same and no two business owners want or need exactly the same thing in terms of input and time. So for one business, half a day a month might be the right level, whereas the next business may need input for two days a week. It's important that any outsourcing service matches the requirements of the business it is serving and can flexibly adapt in changing circumstances. We also recognise that an outsourced FD service may not be a need forever and further down the line it might be more cost effective to bring the function back in-house and recruit for a full-time in-house finance director. One benefit of an in-situ outsourced finance director here is that they're perfectly placed to assist with the recruitment process as they would have the technical skills to be able to interview candidates appropriately along with the knowledge of the business and its current running practices from the work they've been doing. Coming back to the fear of losing control, which if you remember from the survey I discussed earlier, was the biggest challenge to outsourcing to save by over half of the respondents of the survey. Some people will be very hands-on in their business, perhaps know it inside out, so you might question why you would want to relinquish an element of control to an external supplier. Well, very simply, the answer is time. It gives you more time more time to spend doing what you're good at, running your business, pushing your sales team, talking to your contacts and negotiating better deals or looking at your strategy. It might even be that it gives you time to finish on time sometimes to enjoy your weekend more or actually go away for a few days when we're allowed to. Think of the opportunities that you've lost as you didn't have time to follow them up. Good professionals, whether that be bookkeepers, accountants, HR professionals or outsourced finance directors, will always collaborate with you, your team and your stakeholders, keeping you informed, giving advice and identifying risks and opportunities. They tell you what you need to know. And will it go wrong is often the question we consider when we think about reducing our levels of control in all areas. Well, consider this. When you need an electrician to change a plug socket, we know the electrician can do this quicker than most of us, even if it costs a little bit to get it fixed. Afterwards, once the socket is in place and usable again, when you go to plug your phone in and charge it up, I doubt very much you then worry every single time it's going to trip your fuse box or break all the other electricals in the house. You don't worry simply because you trust that electrician to know how to do his job. And the same can be said for the areas within your business. In much the same way as the electrician tells you that your wiring is now safe, there's also real value in a finance professional telling you that your VAT return looks okay or letting you know that although the cash balance is down this month, 
actually there's okay, there's a valid reason for this and it will fix in the short term. This can save numerous hours counting the cobwebs on your bedroom ceiling at 2am when you're kept awake worrying about your business issues. It's really all about perspective. Many business owners ask, why do I need a finance director? I've already got an able team of bookkeepers and an accountant in place already. And these are must-have roles. They ensure the nuts and bolts tasks of finance are undertaken. Your bookkeeper, however, is unlikely to have the time or necessary knowledge and experience to provide you with all of the data that a finance director can. And you may have only engaged your accountant to deal with your compliance and never felt that you could ask for more regular insights. You should ask, you can get them. You might be in a situation where you can only, only speak to your accountant once a year at the moment, not a situation we like or like from our clients, as we have much more to give, but sometimes that's just the way things are. Utilising service and FD is far more than obtaining accounting advice. A finance director will be able to look at business data and not only explain what the figures say about a business's financial health, but give guidance so the business can make the right decisions as a result. They will take time to understand your business and be able to extrapolate the data and present it in an easy to digest form so the business does not get bogged down in the detail. So step back and reflect. Are you getting the financial data that you need to run your business? Does your business have a financial strategy? Do you have pricing structures and sound financial procedures and controls? Is the business profitable and is that profitability being maximised? Is the extraction of these profits via salaries or dividends a solid part of your financial planning? How do you measure your KPIs, your key performance indicators? Do you even know what they are? They might not all be financial KPIs, but an outsourced finance director can assist with identifying them on an ongoing basis, monitor the financial ones and track them to plan for the future. If the answer to one or more of those questions I just asked was no, then in my opinion, you need the support of an experienced finance director. Having this service outsourced can offer flexible and suitable solutions for businesses who may not have the resources or requirements to hire a full-time finance director. And by outsourcing, you can enjoy the benefits of having a part-time financial control of your business who works alongside your team regularly to provide long-term support tailored specifically to the company's needs. It can also be a great solution for a short-term gap in the team due to sickness, maternity cover, or to assist with short-term projects. So let's move on to talking about cloud accounting systems and app stacks and how the implementation of these can contribute to the financial management of your business, whether you think you need an outsourced FD or not. And that will lead us nicely into the information about the Making Tax Digital Roadmap and developments. Choosing the right technology for your business is key. But how do you get it right? There is such a lot of technology out there at the moment in the marketplace with just a few of those names mentioned here on this slide. And before you start choosing your technology, you need to consider your systems and processes. These are the framework of your business and they can become more efficient with the good use of tech. But technology won't make bad systems better. So having the right systems and processes comes first and then you work on getting the right technology to fit around those systems and processes. As well as making you more efficient, technology means that you may also be able to get higher quality information for making decisions about all aspects of the business, from the performance of team members to information about the buying habits of your customers and more. The latest accounting solutions can save you hours of time and money, as well as automate mundane tasks and help you chase down your late paying customers. So what are the best account cloud accounting packages? And when we talk about cloud accounting packages, this simply means a package used to maintain your accounting numbers, which is held in the cloud, not on a desktop PC. 
Being located in the cloud means that information can be accessed remotely by users in any location. You're probably aware of the most well-known packages, which being Sage, QuickBooks, and the likes of Zeros. Although there are many, many others, and most, if not all of these, can be linked through the cloud to a wide range of apps relevant to your business. Apps and app stacks are add-ons to cloud packages, very simply. They're often from third parties and they operate in many areas which can help the business, such as scanning invoices, bank feeds, cash flow forecasting, and quoting amongst many others. But how do you get it right when there's so much out there? Well, I would recommend that you ask an expert and you'll often find you can buy software and app stacks throughout through your accountant at discounted prices. But I'd advise caution before you go too far. Don't try too much too soon. Instead, think about the end product. What information do you actually need? It works very much the same way as any DIY you do. You wouldn't go to the garage, get a hammer and nails, and then walk around the house looking for pictures to hang up or pieces of wood to bang together. You'd do it the other way around. You know the problem you need to solve, which is hanging your family photo on the wall. So for that, you need the right tools and equipment, being the hammer and the nails. And this logic should be applied in business and the finance function. Find the tool to fix the problem. You keep to the right apps what you need and remember the information coming out can only be as good as the information going in. The term app stack has become a bit of a buzzword in our profession as the focus becomes about simplifying the accounting process and saving time. And I'm sure you've all heard on the radio or seen the TV advert that suggests a QuickBooks or a Xero app on your phone can save you time. And that will take care of your accounting and your bookkeeping functions in the blink of an eye. But is it that simple? Well, of course not. It's just good advertising. But if you utilize technology in the right way, it certainly does make life a lot easier and can work wonders in reducing your time in lots of areas. A couple of examples to bring this to life of how various apps could assist with businesses. Picture this, you've just walked out of a stationary supplier, which to be fair, you may have to think back long and hard. So let's pretend we're prior to March, 2020 and COVID just doesn't exist. You walk out of the stationary supplier and using an app such as one called Auto Entry, you just quite simply pick up your phone, go to your camera and take a photo of the receipt. Through the app, the receipt and the purchase is automatically posted to your Xero or your Sage and therefore straight into your monthly management accounts. The VAT to be reclaimed is already split out and posted into Sage ready for your next VAT return and your accounting for this transaction is done all before you've had the chance to leave that shop. It no longer matters if you lose the receipt or if you leave it in your handbag or if it fades in the sunshine on your windowsill. It's all very simple and done in seconds with the added bonus that the receipt is then saved forever within the app meaning for those of us trying to be paperless and efficient with our storage, you can then shred the receipt and forget about it. Not only does it save time, but it also removes the need to try to find storage for seven years worth of receipts in your loft. Even if your storage is well organized and the box of accounting records for a particular year is easy to find, finding that one receipt takes time and we all need extra Christmas decorations room in the loft. Separately, to demonstrate areas where the app stacks are moving forward as well, imagine a scenario where you've got, say, 10 or 15 customers who owe you money. You regularly chase those that are usually difficult. You know your ones that don't pay and you don't get any input on this from your accountant. But then imagine that one day you receive a call from me to let you know that the next customer, that one you've got no concerns about, they always pay and you never chase them, but they always pay on time. Well, you just might want to call him because yesterday his credit rating fell through the floor. There's a problem with him and he's now a very high risk for you. That's a great use of these apps. Shown on the screen are just some of the areas where apps can assist and where the app stack can be built. Cloud software can be accessed anywhere from your phone or laptop. 
and the correct uses of it ensures you have access to real-time data with the convenience of being able to update it or refer to it from anywhere. The insights you can get from all of this are many and varied, but achieving this comes back to the right tool for the right problem. It might interest you to know that for Xero alone, there are now over a thousand apps that will integrate with Xero, all from third-party suppliers, all claiming to be the right solution, and finding the right ones for your business will quite simply take you forever and a day. For that reason, at Seymour Taylor, we've now got a specialist team working on this area to help you navigate through all the different providers and offerings to make it easy for you. And that's our ST Digital Solutions team, a team of specialists who are helping our clients to find the right tools for their problems and to automate their businesses to assist with gaining the right information at the right time. Which leads us nicely on to talking about making tax digital. We are increasingly a digital world and online is now standard for everything. We retain our photos online, most people and businesses online bank, invoices are produced and sent electronically. Even when we go to the shops now, without taking that photo of that receipt, we receive the receipts on email. The coronavirus pandemic has made the use of online and digital even more so the case, as we've had no choice but to do more electronically during lockdown and the restrictions. With making tax digital, the government is looking to make the taxation system fit for the 21st century by increasing the digital aspect of the tax reporting and returns process. Before this initiative was even implemented, we already know, knew that 89% of individual taxpayers submit their tax returns electronically, 98% of businesses submit their corporation tax returns electronically, and all but 1% of all VAT returns were submitted electronically. So it might seem that we're already in a digital world where tax is concerned. But before they introduced Making Tax Digital, this came from a variety of electronic sources, from lots of different applications, and even from within the revenue's own web portal. In addition to this, generally, we're aware people always work to deadlines and often choose to only submit when they have to, rather than earlier when they probably have the information, but not the time to deal with the reporting. It is a well-quoted statistic that over half of all UK self self-assessment tax returns are submitted in January at the very last moment. Making Tax Digital is the tax office's initiative to digitise the UK tax system by phasing in new mandatory ways of reporting and therefore notifying them of our tax requirements. And in effect, this standardises how the information reaches the revenue and gets it to them at a much earlier point under earlier deadlines. Under Making Tax Digital, you should have a much clearer and more accurate picture of your tax affairs than you've ever had before. And because calculations are done on an ongoing basis, you should have a snapshot in real time of how much tax is owed at any one time. This should make it much easier to plan and budget for tax payments, meaning you don't have to wait until the end of the tax year to understand your liability. Having all of your tax information in one place online also streamlines the whole process of interacting with the revenue, making it faster and requiring less effort. The first area to see changes was VAT, but we now know that making tax digital will eventually be phased in for all forms of taxation over the next few years. There are three fundamentals underpinning the whole making tax digital concept. Digital record keeping and submission on compatible software are the first two. Under making tax digital, businesses and other taxpayers must use revenue and customs compliance software and processes to submit their information digitally, ensuring that tax information is accurate and up to date. In basic terms, under the regime, businesses have to capture all of their transactions, income and expenses in a digital format. In many cases, the software used to do this will be the same product used to maintain the accounting records, although it doesn't necessarily have to be this way. And in some cases, spreadsheets will be a viable option for the smaller businesses. 
although it will necessitate the use of bridging software. The idea behind this is that by digitizing the records and the process of feeding the information to the revenue, this minimizes the manual handling and rekeying seen previously when having to retype the reported figures into the revenue portal. By taking the returns direct from the accounting systems, the transposition errors disappear, and this significantly cuts time at the revenue's end in dealing with those mistakenly hit numbers rather than real ones, which should all make the tax system much more efficient. You'll see on your screen here a roadmap of the making tax digital requirements, and there's quite a lot of information on the slide. The journey began with a consultation in 2015 involving many businesses, and the first rollout to business happened in April 2019, a period of only four years later, which in revenue terms actually happened very quickly. Currently, making tax digital requirements only compulsory for VAT registered businesses who have over £85,000 of turnover in their financial year. For these businesses, online revenue services for the submission of their VAT returns were withdrawn in 2019 and making tax digital was made compulsory for them at that point. As of 1st of June this year, 2021, it's been reported that a total of one and a half million businesses have now signed up to the quarterly making tax digital requirements for VAT. And from these businesses, 11 million VAT returns have been submitted under the requirements. Interestingly, of the 1.5 million, 300,000 of those sign-ups were on a voluntary basis from those who didn't necessarily have to use the submission basis as yet. Whether this is because they see the benefits for the future or whether they've got technology-minded accountants who push them into seeing the benefits, we just don't know. But it is promising that so many have gone for the new process without having to at this point. The tax office have confirmed that in their opinion, the rollout of making tax digital for VAT has so far proven to be a great success. And for larger businesses, it is very much now a case of business as usual for both them and for the revenue as they move towards the next phase, which is the orange circle, being that from April 2022, the requirements of VAT become mandatory for all VAT registered businesses, regardless of size. So very simply, anyone that is VAT registered will have to comply with making tax digital for their first period after 1st of April 2022. The VAT system itself remains very much as before, but in a digital way and most businesses have adapted well to this. At Seymour Taylor, we've spent a significant amount of time transitioning businesses onto cloud software to enable them to smoothly report to the revenue with no issues. And I'll speak in, as I spoke recently about our dedicated team, we are well versed in these migrations and the technology requirements. All of the main accounting software, Sage, Xero, QuickBooks and the others are all set up in their cloud versions with compatible software. And I'd agree that in most cases, it really is now business as usual for those already under the making tax digital regime. And this is indicated as well by the white line drawn from top to bottom on the page, signifying that for VAT, the transition period will be completed partway through 2022. But moving to the right of the white line, ahead lies more challenges for an even greater number of taxpayers, as the next big step in making tax digital happens in April 23, when the initiative is rolled out to income tax. When this is implemented, this initially affects self-employed individuals, partnerships and landlords who have income of £10,000 a year or more. From the 6th of April 2023, all of these taxpayers need to start following the making tax digital requirements. Like the requirements for VAT, it will require quarterly reporting to be submitted using compatible software. But this is likely to be felt much more harshly at this level where many more businesses are keeping their records in paper, in shoeboxes, or with basic spreadsheets, which may not be that detailed. 
The income tax reporting will consist of four quarterly estimates being reported to the revenue. Important to note at this stage that this is not four quarterly tax returns, but four estimates, each having to be submitted within five weeks of the quarter end. At the year end, a separate declaration is completed, which includes the ability to adjust the four estimates for any moving parts at that stage. This is a key difference for the forthcoming income tax reporting. These quarterly reports are estimates. They do, don't have to be perfect at that stage, and we wouldn't expect to see penalties for getting them wrong, as long as they are the best possible estimate at that stage. Whether things such as accruals, prepayments and depreciation are included in the estimates appears at this stage to be a matter of choice, but we would expect further guidance to be issued beforehand. As a result of sending in the quarterly estimates and updates, taxpayers will receive an in-year estimate of their potential liabilities for tax, ensuring they're fully informed and aware of what their liability are likely to be at that stage to aid with cash flow planning and forecasting. Any additional non-business income can either be included each quarter or left until the year-end declaration if the taxpayer doesn't have the software that makes this an option. As with the VAT changes beforehand, there is no change to the payment dates for income tax. So these will remain at the July payment on the account date of July 31st and the balancing payment in January on the 31st. Looking back at the roadmap, the income tax rollout will be followed with the introduction of new digital tax systems for corporation tax which will affect every limited company in the UK. And this is anticipated at the moment to commence from 2026 at the earliest, but there's no definites on this at present as the focus is on the upcoming rollout for income tax. So I come back to this slide as one of the questions I'd expect to receive at this stage is what do you mean by a compliance software for making tax digital? Well, the revenue have said businesses can employ any electronic tool that gives them the ability to keep their records digitally. The revenue expect businesses to use suitable commercial products and for some small businesses it actually could be the case that spreadsheets will suffice as I mentioned earlier. Very simply, a revenue compliance software sends messages to the revenue and receives messages back from the revenue. As I said, most of the well-known software providers are well set up with compliance software, but if you're unsure, this is an area that you may need assistance with to ensure that your systems are in the right place well ahead of time. It may also be that your business year end or your VAT quarter end need adjustment to align with your other reporting requirements so that you're not reporting too many times over the course of the year, causing additional time unnecessarily. Under Making Tax Digital, you have to be able to update the revenue with the summary once a quarter or more often if you wish to. And the whole idea of Making Tax Digital, both for VAT and for income tax and all taxes that follow, is reporting the right amount of tax at the right time. Keeping records digitally throughout the year and sending updates quarterly to the revenue is also expected to remove a lot of the burden that self-employed and landlords currently face when completing their assessment returns, often in January. While the deadlines for the various stages of making tax digital may seem some way off, it does make sense to switch to it sooner rather than later, particularly if you're having to make widespread changes to your internal tax and business practices to accommodate making tax digital. This will give you, your accountant and your software supplier more time to sort out any concerns and complications that may arise. And by doing so, you'll also avoid the inevitable congestion that will arise because we'll still get businesses who leave things late to the last minute and try to switch over in a panic. Making Tax Digital is another consideration for your finance team to be thinking about. And I want to bring this back and summarise what we've discussed today, which is should you be doing all of this? Would outsourcing and an outsourced finance director assist you and your business to move forward at a greater pace? Take a look at the services on the screen and consider, should you be doing these? If you're overseeing them, is it the best use of your time or would it actually help to consider outsourcing? 
There are other higher level tasks not shown currently on the screen, but we've discussed them earlier today. They equally need doing dividend planning, obtaining finance, strategic planning, assisting with year end accounts. The opportunity to bring in an outside professional to work with a business on its management and growth, as well as perform the work of a finance director, may benefit you. We've got more information on the outsourced finance director service and on making tax digital on our website, as well as regular business blogs that you may find useful. Our website is stca.co.uk. And after this, I'll mention that we're also offering a free of charge, no obligation, one hour consultation to you on either of the subjects we've discussed today as a thank you for attending. Hopefully you found that all useful and aware you may have questions and comments. So I wanted to leave a little bit of time to enable you to do so. So I'm just gonna pass over to Suzanne who has hopefully been receiving your questions and see what we have. Hi Joe. Um, we have had a few questions that were sent in in advance of the webinar starting. So um, one, the first question is, with an outsourced FD service, as it may be different by each business, how do you agree on the scope of work that is done? Good question. Um, as I covered in the presentation, you're right, every business is different. So the scope of it is vast. And the only way we can really agree on the scope of the work at the outset is in discussions with the business. So an outsourced finance director role is very different to perhaps just the year-end accounts in that the scoping of it probably takes a bit more time. I think it's fair to say that every business would need to have quite a lot of discussion in that area and find out what the key principles of what the business wants to achieve. So one business might want lots and lots, one business might need a bit of oversight and one business might need a short-term project. So as I mentioned in the presentation, it's all about fluidity and flexibility. We also do have a situation that we always put with our clients on the outsourcing side where we re revisit our fee quotations after a couple of months to make sure things are working the way that we want them to and the way the client wants them to. And it might be that the service provision, the costs go up or down at that point. Um, it's all in conjunction with each client and what they want at the time. So okay. lots of conversations is basically the answer to that. That's great. Thank you. Um, the second question we'd had in, which was about making tax digital, um, and the individual has said, what are the making tax digital penalties? Okay, so in terms of penalties, so when the VAT system was rolled out back in 2019 and actually up until late 2020, it was very much a case of a soft landing. The tax office actually want this to work. It's very much in their interest for it to work. So whilst penalties are a consideration, actually isn't their desired way to go. So a soft landing was where they went and didn't really administer many penalties at all. The only penalties we saw during that period were really for those businesses that actually were making very little effort to even try to comply. So we would expect that going forwards into income tax, the soft landing would actually carry on. You wouldn't expect them to be very harsh about it. It's a new system um, and new software for a lot of people. Having said that with VAT, they are now starting to talk about a points process um, and building up points for slight misdemeanors. And then at a certain point of going over a set number of points, administering penalties. But again, coming back to the revenue want this to work. So penalties, we would expect in situations where people are deliberately evasive or, or not even trying, but in the vast majority of cases, the soft landing would apply. Okay, that's great, thank you. Um, the next one is about app stacks that you talked about. So with all of the app stacks available, how would you work out which ones are the right ones for me? In terms of the app stacks, we would look at what the problems that you're looking to fix are. We would look at the business and the finance function, uh, what solutions you're using at the moment, and look at what the issues are. 
as I mentioned in the presentation, there are simply thousands of apps. So in order to build up an app stack, you have to understand what processes you want to use. So a lot of the apps come in and out of the technology world. Some of them sort of come in and die a bit of a death after a couple of years. Some of them have been around a long time. We've got quite a lot of experience in a lot of them, not all of them, because some of them we don't need to, to know about. But the important thing that we do is dive underneath, have a look under the bonnet and see what the problem is, and then start looking at what solutions are needed for that. And that might be in terms of priority, fix the most immediate needs to fix problems now, look at the other ones later on as the nice to haves. Okay, that's great. We've just had another question come in. Um, which is, uh, will an outsourced FD support and help develop a strategic business plan for the future of the company? Yep, good question. Absolutely. Um, very much dependent on if that's something that is wanted, but absolutely, if it's something that is wanted from an outsourced FD, then absolutely something can achieve. That would also involve getting involved in understanding the objectives and the goals of the business seeing where they want to go, the discussions that come at the outset would be vitally important there. But yes, an outsourced finance director can absolutely help with developing business plans, talking strategies and ensuring the finances are in the right place to adhere to that business plan going forwards. Thank you. That's all of the questions um, that's, that have come in today. Okay. Great. Thank you. If there are any other questions at a later date, do feel free to send them in. So just to finish off, I just wanted to say thank you for attending today's webinar. I do hope you found it useful. I've put my contact details on the screen there if you don't have them already. Do follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. If you want to find out more or take advantage of the one hour free consultation I mentioned or follow up discussion on outsourcing or making tax digital, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. I hope everyone has a lovely rest of the day and thank you again for attending. Really nice to have you with us.